Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you are all feeling the creativity and excitement that comes with the turn of a new year. I certainly am. I got to be honest, I'm pretty stoked to be leaving 2018 in my dust and am feeling really lit up by all the new creations that Free Birth Society has on our plate this coming year. I also cannot believe that this podcast is quickly approaching 1 million downloads. Uh, just wow. Thank you for sharing in this mission, um, for feeling the call you know, to reclaim birth, and for doing your important work in the world. And if you are aching for a community that gets it, come join us in our private space. It's where myself and my team are hanging out these days, and it's exclusively full of radical, wild, incredible women. We're really just missing you. So you can apply on our website at freebirthsociety.com. Okay, lots of love to all of you. I have a super special episode for you today. We are kicking off 2019 with an absolutely beautiful story, woman, and family. If you follow me on Instagram, you may notice that I'm a tiny bit obsessed with Hannah Grace and her adorable family. So I'm really excited to bring you this episode all about Hannah Grace and her deeply spiritual, deeply intentional journey of her pregnancy and birth with her first baby, Koa. She speaks to how her birth renewed her vows with the universe and how she said yes to all of the work intrinsic to walking this path. She shares how she found fearlessness and painlessness in her meditation practice, and that preparing for her birth felt like preparing for a sacred ceremony. And stay tuned till the very end because we have included a little treat. My journey of motherhood started when I was a very small child. Um, I always watched the baby story on um, <laughs> on TV, and I was like obsessed with it. I just loved watching babies being born. Um, so I definitely first thing I saw was babies being born in in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mother's birth story of my older sister was a traumatic hospital induced birth because she went over the 40 weeks and my sister was a large baby and all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had an induced birth. She had, was claimed like failure to dilate, um, had an emergency C-section and my sister was born with a nuchal cord. And my mom was, you know, the whole story that she tells is like, her cord was wrapped around her neck and she almost died and Uh. all these things. They took my sister away from my mom, fed her a bottle. My mom was pissed. Um, (laughs) Wouldn't let her see her because her heart rate was up and she was like, well, give me my baby and my heart rate will go down. 
Right. <laughs> Wait, they wouldn't give her the baby because the mother's heart was up? Yeah, because That's my my mother's, they had them separated and like in different rooms. Oh my God. My, uh, luckily my dad was holding my sister, but um, like I said, they fed her a bottle. So then my mom had trouble like breastfeeding her mm-hmm. the whole time. So that whole thing. So she was very traumatized and therefore chose to have a planned C-section with me and probably because they told her she had to. Right. Um, <laughs> So I was a plants C-section and um, that was just like the story I was, I grew up hearing all the time. My mom like really liked telling us the birth stories. Um, so that was kind of scary for me as a child. And yeah. um, so I always kind of grew up thinking I would like potentially have a C-section. Um, and fast forward to... Two years ago, I was at a woman's gathering, um, and Alexandra, who is also on the Free Birth Society podcast, was there. Uh, her son was, I think, like eight months old at the time, and she shared her birth story around the fire that she had free birthed um, up in the yurt in the mountains, far away from a hospital, snowed in. Um, <laughs> and her man's on masculine, the yeah. dog's midwifing her, the whole thing's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, the whole thing. Milk squirting out of her nipples and dogs <laughs> in there. It's amazing. Placenta tacos. I mean, it's really just, it has every piece. <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing. And mm-hmm. I heard that story and I was just like, oh my God, like that is the most incredible, one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard, like mm-hmm. birth story or just any story that was amazing. Um, and it just opened my eyes to an entire new um, idea of, giving birth, which is crazy that that's a new idea. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I heard that story and it just resonated so deep with me and it felt so, so just, yes, I was just like, yes, I, I am going to give birth freely with, you know, without um, medical assistance as far away from the hospital as possible. And um, yeah, that just like, I thought about her birth story so much and um really started to think about when I was going to have kids and all this stuff um pretty much two and a half years later I am pregnant with my partner Tyler and um he had already known that I wanted to have a free birth um beforehand and um, he he cool with it yeah totally cool with it he's all about like you know returning um as much to our to our just like innate and intuition and instincts as possible um you know when I met him he like refused to use silverware and uh, <laughs> he like like stay with his hands I'm like you're amazing this is great um so he's totally on board but then I get pregnant and then all of a sudden I'm like oh my god like I'm scared you know um what if something goes wrong I really start to like question all these things that I had that I was so sure about um and I, uh, I hadn't thought about if I wanted to do my prenatal care by myself yet or not. I didn't really have, um, like the, I guess what the Free Birth Society podcast has like brought to my awareness that, um, they may seem like they're like, like you're getting assistance, but really like you don't have very much say, you know, yeah. um, I hadn't really thought about that. So, um, I did seek out a midwife, um, at a birthing center. And luckily they're like 
the epitomes of like the perfect birthing center in terms of um, how like they give you the power. Like they tell you like, here's the procedures that we usually do like that our insurance, your insurance asks us to do and whatever, whatever, but you don't have, like you can, you don't have to do it. Um, They always give an option for pretty much everything. So that was really nice and I felt really safe there. Um, And also because we had just moved to a new property when I first became pregnant and we didn't have a house or anything. Uh, We still don't have a house. We live in like a 10 by 12 little cabin thing. Um, It's a house. It's a house, you know. I've seen the photos. It's beautiful for sure. It's cozy. We call it a small house. Yeah. Yeah, Small house. Um, (laughs) It's like a bedroom. Um, But uh, so that part too, you know, and I was like pretty sick in the beginning of the pregnancy and it was really cold and rainy and all these things. So it did feel really nice to like go and be nurtured by some women, um, especially being being new to an area. Um, it was comforting and I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed going there. So, I mean, that's the thing, like who wouldn't love being nurtured by wonderful women? Like that's, Mm -hmm. we all, I think innately just crave that in this Mm -hmm. society that super lacks that, Obviously, I'm a broken record. The super bummer, <laughs> you know, is that they're like often, not always, but often it's it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, where right. it's this like really confusing dynamic where they're medical, but you don't realize they are and, and they're not practicing informed consent, but you don't really realize it. And I'm not saying that that was the case for your experience, right. but, but for for so many, it's, you know, we're so aching for, especially in our first pregnancy, aching mm-hmm. for some guidance and some, some love. And a lot of us are estranged from our moms or, you know, don't have elder women in our life. And so it's, I mean, it just, you know, sounds like you, you were feeling a very pure version of that, which is so, so, so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really, really grateful, especially hearing other experiences with with midwives and things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, yeah, really wonderful. All of them. There's um, four there, or three in an RN, and they're all like, you know, um, pretty radical in terms of a midwife. Um, so yeah, very grateful for that. So I, let's see, I went there. It was great. My pregnancy was pretty good. I was sick for most of the time um, until like probably towards the end. I started to feel a lot better. Um, I walked every day. I did spinning babies exercises as much as I could, all that good stuff. Um, And just educated myself a lot. And um, like I said, I had fear now of like having a free birth. So I, um, I started to fear what other people would think also if I told them I was going to have a free birth. And um, just like, I don't know, I really realized throughout this pregnancy and like um, now being a mother, how much I am like uh, afraid of um, like making other people uncomfortable. Oh, Wow. <laughs> And says the, um, says the free birther that lives in a, like lives off the grid and <laughs> it's just so interesting. I know. <laughs> so, uh, wow. Which I like, don't, you know, um, want to deal with confrontation or just say no, or like, uh, set boundaries and all these mm-hmm. things. I'm like, it's been something I'm really starting to look at. Um, also like no one wants to set boundaries, you know, no yeah. one, no one wants to, you know, I don't think that any of us want to be, uh, 
confrontational, you know, but, but I think like what you're speaking to is especially the more radical we live, we kind of, we kind of have to grow into getting comfortable with it or, or at least accepting of it. Right. And just like not, um, taking it so personal if someone disagrees with me or doesn't like me because of my opinion, like, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've been really taking a look at that, but especially during the pregnancy, I just really didn't want to deal with confrontation. I didn't want to like experience stress and like whatever. So I just, you know, I had a pretty peaceful and mellow, mellow pregnancy, but the whole time I hadn't made a decision if I was going to free birth or have, um, or give birth at the birth center. And, um, also I think, so I could like tell everyone else around me, all my family, all my, um, partner's family that I was having this uh, birth center birth so no one like put their stresses and fears on me Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was kind of nice Um, but I knew that in the third trimester I would like finally make a decision and I knew that decision but I just kind of like still was playing this like I wasn't sure yet I guess um, because I didn't feel fully fully safe with that decision yet I guess I was still moving through the conditioning and my mother's birth story and all that stuff so I guess we'll fast forward to the third trimester um I was 33 weeks pregnant when um Tyler my partner was finally like okay I think it's time for you to make a decision um so we can (laughs) plan accordingly like so we can kind of get you know, some things ready. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, you're right. Um, I'm going to free birth. <laughs> Done. And he was like, okay. So we, um, yeah, just started, you know, just to get into that mindset and really like just uh, doing like all this unseen kind of work that needed to to be done for this incredible thing that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I called one of my best friends, Shay, who's also a doula, but had never been to a birth before and decided like I've, you know, felt into it and I felt like I wanted her to be there. So I asked her if she would come out from Colorado and attend um, my free birth. And um, she was also helpful with me making like confirm, like helping me feel confirmed and confident in my decision Hmm. of free birth because she fully supported that also. Um, So she said yes. So that was awesome. Um, and then at 36 weeks pregnant, I was, um, I attended this meditation course, um, in Ashland, Oregon, which was for, um, only like pregnant women or supposed to be only for pregnant women. And it was a 10 day Vipassana silent meditation course um, with movement involved and really nutritious food and just like so nurturing and, um, what a gift. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing to have that. And when you were in the early parts of your third trimester. Yeah. So I was, um, 36 weeks when I went to the, um, meditation course. I was 36, 37 weeks. And how were you heading into that? I mean, that's, that's pretty far along. How were you um, entering? I mean, at that point you're in your birthing window, where were you landing on? You had aligned with free birth and where were your fears falling? How was that all feeling? Um, I still definitely had some fears about, um, the like potential things that could happen giving birth in terms of like the safety of my child and um 
one of the things that was sticking out, like, I guess, I guess I didn't know quite exactly where I was before I went into the meditation course in terms of like where my fears, what they were and where they were stemming from. Hmm. Um, And I didn't know what was going to like come up for me or what was going to happen in this retreat or this course rather. Um, And I just kind of went into it very humbly and um, like receptive the same way I did with, with birth. Um, Just like having a deep respect for whatever it was that was going to like arise in this um, 10 days of silence. And, um, and I also, but I also felt like pretty confident. I'm like, I could give birth while I'm there and like, (laughs) and I'll be fine. You'd have to to be silent and not make any (laughs) eye contact with anybody. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I was like, I'll be fine and I'll be supported. And whoever is there is meant to be there and it'll be great. And Tyler can make it to Ashland on time. And (laughs) maybe actually he wouldn't have been able to because my birth was only five hours. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) Maybe it would have been longer if you were stressing that your man wasn't around though. Yes, yeah, maybe. <laughs> For sure. Okay, sure. so you're at you're at this amazing uh you know, and I like I think it's worth mentioning that it's it's uh, you and I happen to have a little backstory here because yeah, it's run by a man who's a dear friend of my dad's and it's total coincidence that um that you went to this thing that, that I happen to know about, cause it's a very small thing, but it's yeah. cool because it's, they call it K-pasana, not Vipassana because it's a, um, well, you've done it. So you could speak to it more than I can, but my understanding of it is that it's like a relaxed version of Vipassana because totally. even he said it's called K-pasana because he's Mexican. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, so. and, and the, you know, that, that traditionally in Vipassana, pregnant women do not do that. Right. Not a, um, they're, they're not, I don't know if allowed is the right word, but it's definitely not like you don't, you don't do that when you're pregnant. Yeah. It's not suggested. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So we were doing, neither is anything. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You You pretty much should just lay in bed (laughs) and not do anything when you're pregnant, according to our society. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So so it was like seven hours a day of meditating and then plus yoga and some other movement and massages and acupuncture and Watsu and just like, okay, amazing. And all for, for free, by the way, or donation-based. Um, Jorge is just incredible. So yeah, super gift. I went there not knowing what was going to arise, but I, it felt just so right. I knew that I like needed to be there and um, the right, just things were just, it was just a perfect preparation. Um, so I was having some pain when I first was going there. Um, belly tightness, my hips were hurting, my low back was hurting. Um, just kind of like the stereotypical third trimester pregnant woman. Um, and I was like, how am I going to sit for seven hours a day, you know, but I'm there. And just as I allowed myself to really drop into this meditative space, um, and, my fears started to arise and show themselves to me like more clearly as to what they were. I kept having these visuals of um, a child being born with a cord wrapped around his neck and him not being able to breathe and all these things. Um, And I was really able to get to the root of what that was. Some of it being just like passed down trauma from my mother. Um, Some of it for me, like I spoke to earlier of like me not really having a voice, I guess, or like kind of wrapping my own cord around my neck. Um, 
all kinds of things started to arise. And as I was able to really locate the root of these, these fears, the pain started to lift. Um, and by the time I left the course, I didn't have any pain. I was like totally felt so good. I could move and stretch and dance and walk and sit down for seven hours a day without like any aching. Wow. Um, and you think it was directly related to the the meditation and the work of processing out your facing your stuff and, and processing yeah, it out. Absolutely. I, That's amazing. I, I for sure think that. Um, I'm sure the a little bit of body work and acupuncture helped too though. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just taking the time at, at such a significant time frame. I mean, 35, 36 weeks, that's a that's a powerful time to be pregnant. I mean, every time is powerful, but yeah. I particularly remember that for me was when I had my one and only freak out and my um yeah, just being like, oh fuck. Okay, like I could give birth any day. I could give any birth any day, or it could be two months from now. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, totally. And to, what a powerful thing to, to take that time and go sit and shut up and <laughs> be, and <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And of course it was transformational. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and I, so, and, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say in the Watsu experience of like, I've felt like I was, you know, if any, if you don't know what Watsu is, it's like this water, I know you know what it is, but if the listeners don't know what mm-hmm. it is, it's like a water therapy kind of um and i think the idea is really to feel like you're in the womb again um in a way and the man who who was the practitioner was just incredible the way he was moving me around and i i felt so connected to my son than ever before hmm. and i had done like and then i was able to kind of like go in and, and do this kind of like energy work in unwrapping the cord around his his neck even though i know that's not dangerous it like helped me release those fears um and it's not typically dangerous, I should say, I guess. Uh, and yeah, so anyways, it was amazing. And leaving there, I was just so grounded and so centered and so calm. And I just like reset, really. I felt mm-hmm. like um, just uh, on a like an energetic and biological levels, like cell regeneration, and um and I know it was helping Koa feel ready I could feel him dropping like down deeper and deeper as I was Hmm. there he was like feeling safe to come out and um yeah so I flew home and um Shay came like a few days later I feel like and I continued this practice with them we would get up every morning and we would all meditate together um me Tyler and Shay and um for at least like 20 minutes, sometimes a little shorter, sometimes a little longer, but just like getting in that space together, centering together, um, tuning into each other, just kind of like creating this energetic grid between us, Mm. this this flow, this like, um, this communication without having to speak. Um, How reverent. Yeah. That is so cool. I mean, there really isn't a cooler smarter way to prepare your team. My mm-hmm. God, it's like Jedi preparation Yeah, to all get on the same page. And, you know, for anyone who hasn't been to a, a undisturbed birth or a relatively undisturbed birth, um, it, it's hard for this to happen in a hospital, but I've seen it happen at almost every home birth I've been to. Something just so psychic occurs where everyone mm-hmm. um, like links up and uh, you you don't have to talk. It just kind of unfolds and it all just works and everyone knows how to center the mother and be around each other. 
Um, and so it's just so cool to have done such intentional and respectful preparation by way of meditation. So after we would meditate, um, this other, I feel like really important part that Shay had brought into our kind of circle, our dynamic, um, was we would speak our intentions, our needs and our desires for that day. Um, so just like really getting on this communicative type of space with each other. Um, and, um, yeah, it was awesome. We all could then like have this nice flow throughout the day and knew what each other needed. Sometimes like Shay needed her own space. Sometimes Tyler needed her own space. It was like, everyone was doing this, like, you know, this deep internal work preparing for this ceremony pretty much that, you know, is going to occur sometime soon that we don't know when. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and yeah, so we're doing that super amazing. Um, Fast forward, Shay was here for about two weeks before I um, gave birth. So that was great. We all were like just so tuned in by then. And um, also while I was in the meditation um, course, I had this uh, kind of vision come to me of building a drum for Koa and writing a song or like channeling a song that would then beckon him to come. It was like kind of bringing him forth. So I had made a drum and um, just kind of waited until it felt right. I set up an altar, like a birth altar, and then um, wrote this song that I channeled or whatever you want to call it, um, that was kind of bringing Koa forth. So I did that, and the next morning I had bloody show. Um, and so we all knew right after it was happening. Drum. Yeah, literally the morning, the next morning. Hmm. and um but I wasn't in labor yet I didn't have any contractions or anything um so we just spent the day together we I thought maybe I'd go into labor that night or whatever we just kind of went with it we took a nice long walk we live on top of a hill so we walked all the way down to the bottom of the hill which felt symbolic kind of like bringing him down um and yeah, so that night was the night that Elon Musk's uh, spaceship like went off or whatever, a satellite, um, which was pretty funny. I don't know. It was like, we didn't know what it was. We don't watch the news or anything. Um, so whatever, it felt like Koa was coming down on this like magical <laughs> meteor star. So we go to bed and I um, knew I'd be going into labor soon. So um I woke up Tyler in the middle of the night. We made love. And about two hours later, I woke up having contractions. Um, and I just like went back to sleep, you know, just kind of didn't mind them any attention, just let them be what they were and knew I needed to get rest because it could be a long day. And um woke up again, probably about two hours later. And now they were pretty s- strong. Um, and I like strong, so strong that I had to like breathe through them. Um, and I tried to, I tried like a few different things. I tried like counting my breaths. I tried, um, like, uh, like counting the contraction, whatever. And then I tried just, just completely being with it completely, not focusing on my breath, not focusing on something else, like just feeling it all. Um, and that felt really good. That felt like the most easeful for me. And, um, 
So I just kept doing that. And then we got out of bed. Shay came over, told her that I was having contractions. She was super excited. Um, <laughs> we all sat down to meditate and um, they were intense. Like they were pretty heavy, heavy rushes at this point. And um, I just... I, you know, I sat in meditation and just really fell into them and said that these four little mantras that Jorge had introduced to me at the course, um, which was, I am well, I am peaceful and at ease, I am um, happy and content, and I can't think of the other one right now, but um, what really stuck with me was I am peaceful and at ease. Um, that just felt really, really good. So as they would come over the rushes, I would just be and say to myself, you know, I'm peaceful and at ease um, and just kind of melt into it. Uh, and that was, that felt just, it was just, was what, you know, I didn't come up with mantras ahead of time of what I would say and do this and do that. Um, I just really went into this birth being totally open um, to whatever was going to arise. So this was like the mantra that kind of stuck with me throughout the entire birth. Um, and by the end I was like on all fours and, um, just kind of like took some time to myself. They left, um, I went to the trailer. That's where we like have our kitchen and bathroom. And I just took like, you know, five minutes or so to myself and then, um, knew I needed to get some food hmm. and, um, Tyler prepared, Tyler was like, leaving because I thought I wanted to plant flowers while I was in early labor. That was like, hmm. but I guess I did. That was kind of part of like somewhat, I guess if I had a plan, that was it. Like, Oh, we're going to plant flowers and build Yoni steam boxes. That's cute. It was like my, yeah, that was my, like, that would be nice. Um, even though by the time I was like in labor, I knew that wasn't going to happen, but sure. Tyler, but Tyler, you never know if you have like those long extended early labors. It's right. Like, uh, yeah. Something could happen. You don't want to be sitting around twiddling your thumbs. <laughs> totally. And I think Tyler just also intuitively knew that for whatever reason, he was supposed to leave um, for them for a couple hours because we live far from any like kind of town. So he was gone for like three hours almost. What kind of flowers did you want him to get? Um, he got mums. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that was Cute. that was what he got. Um, but yeah, he was gone for three hours. So that was over half of my birth, <laughs> uh, half of the labor at least. And point yeah. of the story kick your men out <laughs> <laughs> but he was amazing Tyler, you know and you're amazing he is amazing and that was his like he it was just perfect um and yeah so Shay made me some bone broth or like got some prepared for me and um I like texted my friends who I did want to be informed that I was in labor so I could they could write light um, a candle for me um and by the time I like got my phone to text them I was like pretty like I was you know to the point of not really being able to speak um so all I had all I could text was today's the day um <laughs> so texted that out to the people I wanted informed um the people whose like support and love I wanted around me that day and um yeah I was outside walking around barefoot just like sipping on my bone broth and um getting to the point of needing to hold on to things um as the rushes came over me, I couldn't like hold myself up and I couldn't speak. Um, and I was just kind of trying to walk 
around. Um, there's a deep like heaviness, tightness in my in my um, abdomen. Um, I went over to our little nest. I was like outside on Tyler's saw tables because he was like still building stuff for us at the time, and um, that was like the perfect height as I um, that I needed to lean over. Shay came over and was like, "Hey, should we get your room?" prepped like put you know a bed sheet on in, in case you want to get on the bed and whatever and I was like yeah sure like go for it you know like <laughs> do whatever you gotta do so she like prepped the room and then she just you know she was like okay I'm gonna go over to the trailer and like just prepare you some food for after the baby's here you know I said okay so I was I was by myself and it was perfect that was like exactly what I wanted um uh and I all I needed was like you know, not even that I needed it, but their energetic support was nice. And they didn't ask me any questions. Um, like what I, they didn't ask me what I needed or whatever. They just knew if I, if I needed something, I would ask for it. It Um, makes me feel, or makes me think of the role of the shaman as I've known it, you know, and I know there's a lot of different iterations and, and a lot of different ways that, that shamans are used and whatever. But in my experience, in, in my exposure to shamans that I've been exposed to, mm-hmm. that's like what they're doing. They're yeah. just holding and, and tuning in and being fucking psychic and, you know, keeping dark energy away. And, mm-hmm. you know, the first, uh, the first ayahuasca ceremony I did, I remember this feeling of, I mean, I just started bawling when I kind of put together that birth keepers were like birth shamans, you know, that that was what I had been doing for, for so long of just holding and listening and knowing how to be. Mm -hmm. And, and that that was something that I hadn't really had for me, for myself yet, because I hadn't experienced birth yet. Mm -hmm. And so to have experienced it with, with the women who I sat with, um, yeah, I just remember like piecing that together and being like, oh, wow, like that totally. is the space. Like it's this, this portal protector. Right. And so have. similar to like a death keeper as well. It's the um, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Which Shay and I did a death doula training together, um, like a year before or mm. something like that. And, um, yeah, in the, uh, a death that I've attended, that was also where I realized like I, you know, it was in a hospital and, I realized like I, you know, birth or death, I don't want to be in a hospital. Oh yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. And just, yeah, just to be held and loved. So, um, so I was by myself. I found myself this little corner of our room. I was leaning over on this stool. I was trying to lay down in between the rushes, like just trying to get rest because I didn't know how long I would be in labor. Um, By this point, I really couldn't lay down. I want to say that I was like, I didn't time anything ever but I want to say they were like a minute or maybe even like 30 seconds apart, like that quickly. Um, because I really couldn't lay down for anything longer than that before another one would come over. So yeah. Five hour birth. Yeah. <laughs> you have, <laughs> things were happening. Yeah. Things were really happening. Um, so I was in it and as everything would come over, like I said, I, I was just peaceful and at ease and moving with it. And I felt so good. I felt incredible. Like I didn't feel I didn't really feel pain. Like my back hurt, you know, I had like low back labor, but the, the rushes themselves were like exhilarating and powerful. And I was like transmuting these, um, crazy waves into sound. Um, mostly, you know, like in this, I would got into this rhythmic chanting like thing. Um, 
that I kept this like steady four count chant for the entire um, labor, I want to say until transition. And I was also like dancing. I was like jumping up and down, kind of like twerking, like shaking. I had one leg lifted up behind me, like shaking it like I was like, like a dog peeing or something. Um, and was just in this, this primal rhythm. And I was having fun. I was like literally <laughs> having fun. And at one point I was like my, you know, my kind of thinking mind came in and was like, am I having fun? Like, what the hell? Yeah, this is awesome. Um, this isn't anything like I heard. Yeah. What? I, you know, I kind of, yeah, I didn't. I mean, isn't this, isn't this the great lie? Like right <laughs> yeah. here, this is, this is the great, um, this is the deepest betrayal that our mm-hmm. society has done to us, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that you, you know, maybe interpreted as sounding nutso, you know, for saying that you enjoyed your labor or that you actually had fun. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, we know so many women, I mean, think of Alexandra, right? We know so many women who (laughs) birth in in total euphoria and Mm -hmm. it is not luck. It is um, (laughs) deep intention and organization and, and creating an optimal environment and, and having a positive, like allied relationship to spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just being and not being, being abused. Right. Yeah. And just being receptive and like allowing and yeah, not letting not having a preconceived idea of what it's going to be. Um and I should say, like, even I've been to plenty of births where women, you know, they're working their demons out in their labor, and that's great yeah. too. There's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. It's I've seen women birth where no one was doing anything to them. It was just their own journey with birth where they looked like they were getting skinned alive. I yeah. mean, it yeah. was it, it I've seen some some really and of course intense births. Right. I mean, all birth is intense, but um yeah, you know, just and that's, like ceremony, you know, like exactly. someone, like, like you see someone in ceremony and they're like, an ayahuasca ceremony specifically is what I'm speaking to mm-hmm. is like, someone's really going through it while someone else is just like blissed it's out. It's like orgasming. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly. like, it's just, yeah, whatever you're meant to work through at the time. And I feel like my whole life has been preparation for this right. birth and I'll never know like, yeah, I'll never know like what all went into me having this just like ecstatic, incredible five hour birth. I really don't. I don't know. I couldn't give you a formula. Um, and then I thought to myself like, oh, I hope Tyler comes home soon. Um, and there he comes pulling up the driveway, which um, really incredible side note. I didn't know this until after Koa was born, but on the way home, Tyler saw a bird on the side of the road. And we, we you know, we like to pick up roadkill, um, especially birds. And it was this fully intact, incredible, great horned owl. Um, Whoa. A huge one, which later I read is like seeing a great horned owl specifically is a sign of a an easeful birth mm. for a woman. So that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> so he knew on his way home, we weren't texting or anything. He wasn't texting Shay. We were just all in trust, you know, of everything. So he just had this, like, like he knew everything was fine. Um, and also sitting next to it, strangely, was this other smaller owl wing, just a one wing, a random little barn owl wing um, that he, like, interpreted as being Shay, of, like, Shay was there uh-huh. as, like, this guardian and that everything was good. Um, anyway, so he gets home and um, 
he goes and checks in with Shay first just to see where I'm at and everything. Um, that was one thing I asked was that everyone just was like really respectful of the space and cleansed themselves and grounded themselves before entering into like into my space. Um, so he came in and I he just sat on the ground on his knees and I put my hands on his shoulders and I just continued my like dance and my my like chanting um and I let him know like I'm doing really good that was what I said I'm doing really good and that was pretty much our only exchange um and he told me later that he was just like envisioning being this giant boulder just grounded you know as I was like in this kind of just this feminine wild feminine energy he just like was this strong masculine grounded root um so he was there with me probably for about 20 minutes and then he was like okay do you want me to go set up the hot water heater because we um I thought I wanted to use our tub just to just to get a break from from labor I didn't think I'd be giving birth in it um and we didn't have the hot water heater hooked up yet so I told him yes like please go do that so he goes to go hook up the hot water heater, but I told him like, hey, will you tell Shay to come and bring me like a wet rag and some toast? And um, he, which was like pretty hard for me to get out, but I could get out what I needed and I could get out like what I, you know, I could ask for what I needed to, what I needed from them. And then I looked up and sure enough, here comes Shay walking over with toast and a wet rag. Um, <laughs> just so incredibly knew what to, you know, what I needed. And um, so they switched places. Shay came in. She um, gave me the wet rag. I tried to eat some toast, but I had really bad dry mouth. So I couldn't really eat it. <laughs> um, and then she stayed in the room with me. She just intuitively knew that it was like a good time for her to be in there with me. And I would say water. And she would hand me this water with a bendy straw. And I would drink water. Um, and I'd say rag and I'd like use the wet rag and I'd say toilet paper and I'd like wipe this like slime coming out of me because I just didn't really like the feeling of it since I was like jumping up and down. Nobody um, likes the feeling of slime coming out of them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to justify that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like, so it was just perfect. And she was behind me. I couldn't see her. I was still completely in my zone doing my dance. And she told me later that she was doing the dance behind me. She was like right behind me. Uh, yeah. The same thing. Just like getting in it, moving energy, just, you know, just being is not Isn't this like the exact example of why you want only your trusted homies? Yeah. You know, it's because you you just can't get into that space with strangers, Mm -hmm. right? Or maybe you can. I mean, maybe someone listening is like I did, but (laughs) it is it is inarguably more challenging. Yeah, it definitely is more challenging. Um, Even in the beginning of labor, when Shay came to check on me one time, I felt myself get quieter just because I didn't want her to worry about me. You know, Um, but as it progressed, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm letting loose. This is great. and yeah, but someone I feel good, like being fully naked in front of like twerking pretty much with like slime and blood coming out of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was great. So she just knew what to do and knew to be there with me. And she was so perfectly like just holding such as beautiful support for me. And likewise, Tyler was by doing like the man things and like having the structure and setting up the hot water heater and like, you know, just like holding it down. Um, I felt so, so, so supported, you know, and never once was I like touched or spoke to or whatever. I just, it was amazing. So, um, yeah. So then I, my chanting and my rhythms and my jumping starts to like all starts to lower down to the floor. My voice gets lower. 
a little bit like not as loud, um, slowing down. The chanting was slowing down. I was now like drumming against this stool, this wooden stool that I was leaned up against. Um, I was like beating on it as I'm chanting. And I just enter this euphoric, incredible, incredible space. Like mm. everything just looks like a dream. Um, just that like hazy kind of like just yeah like psychedelic euphoria amazing um and I heard the hot water heater click on (laughs) and I'm like yes and I um I'm just kind of laying there for a while and then I call it to Tyler like can I get in the tub and he said yes and I um walked outside the tub was already filled it was perfect I got in the tub it was the most incredible feeling I've ever felt (laughs) it's just like so good um and I laid in this warm water and we had a hose running into it so I was able to put like hot water right on my yoni um as like these last contractions were coming over me I didn't know I was in transition because I was just so in it I wasn't calculating I wasn't watching like what where I'm at blah 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 um Tyler stayed there with me he would hold me up through like the really intense ones they're about like maybe three minutes apart right now and I was getting these long rests Hmm. Um, so I thought maybe labor was slowing down I didn't really know I wasn't really Hmm. thinking too much about it um but then um all of a sudden I can feel his head (laughs) my god (laughs) there it is and I'm like what the fuck you know the sun was still out the sun was like beating down on me in the most incredible way Mm. and I was confused you know I was like how can this this be (laughs) um I was not like I thought I'd be giving birth tomorrow morning Um, see you are a smart little cookie (laughs) I hope I hope that one of the biggest takeaways I mean there's a lot of great takeaways in this in your story but I hope (laughs) learn from learn from Hannah Grace learn from me (laughs) genuinely plan for a three-day labor <laughs> genuinely do not think you're further along than you are and mm-hmm. and it will only work to your favor yeah like I was just open for whatever but um I was I more thought I would have a long labor than a short one you know but yeah so there's this head and I'm kind of confused I'm like what um and um I kind of look to them like is this right am I doing is this good like <laughs> is it his head I don't know um so I like asked Shay to call my friend Jessica who lives like down the way and has had a bunch of kids and all this stuff because I want you know I just want I don't know I was like is this right and she calls Jessica and by the time she came back from the phone call like he was coming down like it was I was getting you know, my body was preparing to to push, but I wasn't, um, I still wasn't sure. And then, uh, so Shay had my phone and one of my dearest, dearest, dearest friends, um, Eric, who lives in Hawaii, who's like a father and a brother and like, just, you know, we're just really connected. He texted Shay, push in all capital letters with an explanation point. And <laughs> Shay looks at because he, he texts it to my phone you know and he Shay tells me like Eric just texted you to push and I was like 
okay, like, I guess it's time to push. <laughs> also, who randomly just texts push? Like, I love it. That's not, you know, most people would be like, you're going to do great, mama. <laughs> yeah, like totally. Who in all caps so... just says push? I love right. it. He was just so tuned in, you know, and he was one of the people I text that morning, like today's the day. So he was just with us all day, you know, and him and Tyler are really close too. So Tyler even felt like his support all, all day. Um, he's also a medical professional. So that also like, it just felt good having his energy there. Um, he used to work in the medical, like in the hospitals. Um, and yeah, so it's time to push. And um, <laughs> I, uh, just let my body lead. Um, one thing I did ask Tyler and Shay ahead of time was to remind me to pant while I was pushing mm. or like while that was happening. So they, we were all panting together, Cute. Um, <laughs> but I'm holding onto the side of the tub, just like roaring out over. Cause we live on top of this hill over this like kind of Valley thing. And I'm just like roaring. I wish there was a picture of me in that part of it. Cause it was incredible. Mm. I was like, just Ugh, it felt amazing. Pushing felt amazing, like in capital letters. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I even pushed for more than like 20 minutes. I want to say it was less than that. Um, and his head was out and I was in the tub. And like I said, I didn't plan on giving birth in the tub. I thought it was too small. Mm. Um, so I pushed him out while I was like kind of squatting and I turned onto all fours like that, that picture that um, I think everyone's probably seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that went around the world. Yeah. So I went on to all fours because I knew that there would be more room for Koa to come out. I also knew that was like the most expansive, uh, expansive my hips could be, um, just for like the smoothest delivery. It just felt right. So I turned over onto all fours and, um, I just, uh, we communicated, Tyler and I were communicating. I told him, just keep him under the water, hold him as he comes out. Um, you know, make sure he's good and everything's smooth. And I just let my body keep like pushing and it was really easeful and out he came and, um, he, Tyler passed him to me underneath my legs. So I like brought him to where he was in front of me and then like slowly lifted him out of the water. And, um, it was just absolutely incredible, like all <laughs> amazing. And, um, I held him and then um, decided to get out of the water because it was kind of windy and I just didn't want him like outside, you know, too much. I tried to, I kind of kept him like in the water, but it was still, the breeze was getting his face. Um, so we moved inside into the nest and waited for the placenta, um, which didn't come for <laughs> extended period of time. And... Um, I so yeah I was like waiting for it to come I'm sitting over this bowl my dog's in there my dog's like trying to lick all the blood off of me and I'm sitting over this bowl nothing's happening um and um all the like endorphins kind of started to like trickle away a little bit and I was in so much pain oh um, man so much pain now like the birth was euphoric I was painless all the things and then I'm like like can barely lean over and all this stuff and it was because my bladder was so full um so full because oh, right. you didn't you didn't pee the entire birth right I peed in the like the last time I peed was probably like I want to say 11 or noon and it was four now and I had taken in a lot of liquids mm -hmm. so 
yeah, bladder is super full. I like probably my, you know, pee backing up into my kidneys, like couldn't bend over. It was really hard to move around. Um, and, um, we were all just like, you know, waiting for it. I was just trying to stay calm and not get worried about it. Um, I knew I sure as hell, like, didn't want to go to the hospital with a baby attached to me and my umbilical cord, like still and all the things. And let um, me ask, you know, around this, cause this is, I think yeah. a thing women worry about and think about in prepping for, for birth, you know, without medical management, it, mm-hmm. what, what was it exactly that was kind of making your mind race? Like you felt fine. Your bleeding was normal. So was it just like what, what was making you kind of be like, oh my gosh, you know, should I go or what's going on? I mean, I understand you were in pain. That's significant. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll say like when we talked about earlier, my fears of birth, that was something I had like, like that was a fear of mine that I was going to have placenta retention. And I feel like I totally manifested it. Mm. That's what I feel like. I feel like that was a fear I didn't work through. And I had like totally manifested it. This is what I think. Um, and I wouldn't even, for me, I wouldn't even call what you had placental. I mean, I don't even know if I think placenta is. It wasn't because yeah. I could feel it off of my uterine wall and my uterus had shrunk down. It was not, you know, it was, it was already like, it was ready to come out. It but just, also I think that we should kind of identify that, yeah. you know, as far as I am aware the whole retained placenta thing is a obstetrical term and and defined by um, pretty stringent, you know, fear-based right. uh, medical standards. Uh, you know, for anyone who's birthed in the hospital or, or who has seen birth in the hospital, you know, you know that most providers will give you a couple minutes up to 10 minutes. Um, you know, I've seen mm-hmm. people call retained placenta at 10 minutes. Wow. Um, and so, you know, my, my placenta birthed at two and a half hours. Yours did as well. That's in the free birthing world where no one's fucking with anyone. That is extremely common. And, you know, this opens up a whole nother conversation that maybe we don't need to get super into now, but just around, you know, what is, what is actually a concern? What is hemorrhage? What is um, flags for hemorrhage? Or do you feel fine? And, and, um, and, you know, and your bladder is not a non-concern, you know, I think it was very, smart to be aware of that. Um, cause mm-hmm. that is, uh, that can be a challenge. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, that is a, you know, a significant detail, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, I just think this is an interesting piece because we carry, you know, all of us being these first wave people to leave the system, we carry these terms and these concepts away from the system. Like, you know, if you know my birth story, I mm-hmm. was convinced I needed a vaginal exam and transition. Mm-hmm. Um, that had nothing to do with free birth. That was my unconditioning or, or you know, yeah. processing out my stuff at leaving yeah. the system and reorganizing around it on my own terms. And and so I, I love, and I think it's so wise that you're pointing out that you kind of manifested this because it was something you were concerned of. And then it didn't come out right away. And so there was a really deep lesson in there for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, and that was like in that little, like the little thing I had written with those pictures, how I said, like it renewed my vows. That was definitely one of them of like remembering how powerful our thoughts are, how powerful, you know, we really are as individuals. Um, Because then once I realized that, you know, with this, Placenta inside me and mine, it actually took about four hours um, before it came out. But um, 
I remembered that when I'm like sitting there in pain I was like oh yeah like I can ask this to leave like I can I can ask my placenta to be birthed I can ask my body to birth this placenta like you know um and that was what what we did um so I um just started to chant release like over and over again release release and Shay and Tyler joined in with me um and uh for about 20 minutes I want to say I texted Alexandra um I think that was the only person I texted just like um yeah and yeah and then she gave me a bunch of feedback and all this stuff so we just and I that was you know the part of me remembering like yeah I just need to like relax and let this come out like I'm fine I wasn't hemorrhage I wasn't this I wasn't that um I was just uh had a really full bladder that was inhibiting the placenta from coming out um and yeah so we chanted release and then um a couple minutes later my whole uh, nose filled up with snot and I knew I knew it I was like yes this is it (laughs) and I got up (laughs) over the bowl and I blew my nose and it blew out the placenta and it was amazing (laughs) I was so happy yeah, it just blew right out, like so easy. Um, it hurt, but it was like so easy. And Tyler said it literally, like he said, it looked and sounded like I had an orgasm. I was just like, so, so happy. Um, and then I peed like a gallon of urine twice. I bet. Um, which was also the most incredible feeling. Um, so then it was like happily ever after Shay brought me a bunch of food and I just like ate and held Koa and nursed and, um, we all just laid there. Um, and it was just amazing. Um, and then Shay was like, do you want to see the pictures I took? And I was like, you took pictures (laughs) and I got to see these freaking incredible birth photos. I was just like, it was just amazing postpartum was amazing similar to the birth I had done like a lot of planning in terms of like how I wanted to be taken care of and um, I had company Shay stayed for another week and then another friend came for two weeks Um, so it was just like it was just great Um, I told everyone like once Ko was here I told them all that I free birth and um, uh, everyone was pretty stoked like my dad thought it was awesome he was just like yeah honey like right on like you always like he's like you always somehow like do do shit the right way um <laughs> I wish we had done that he said mm. you know um, I wish we had done that um, no I felt like I was really like healing my mom's trauma too mm-hmm. um and so that doesn't carry on into you know mm-hmm. my lineage any further and um so awesome yeah, and everyone else, like some of my other family was like, you know, concerned or whatever, but um, uh, everyone kind of knows, like those are, so- when I was saying earlier that I don't know how to set, like I'm not that good at setting boundaries with people, I am really good with my family. Um, so they all kind of know, like, don't really tell Hannah what to do because she's going to do what she does. Um, <laughs> yeah, family's some of the hardest to do that with, so congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It's more like uh, people I'm not that close to that I have a hard time with it for whatever reason. Looking into it deeper, going deep, figuring, trying to figure it out right now. <laughs> At like eight weeks, I started to get like the kind of the like 
loneliness and like grieving the maiden and stuff but I was just like um, once again just allowed myself to fall in love with the whole process mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing right is that there's nothing wrong with grieving like grieving is actually a part of it and so yeah. like, you can say yes to the hard times and yes to the darkness and yes to the transitions and, and, and that and not like rush to reframe it or cover it up or, um, you know, be all bummed that it's happening. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. classic, like all mental suffering comes from not accepting what is. And when mm-hmm. you can just get into a, a spiritual and mental practice of accepting what is, well, then you, you're fucking free. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds like at every turn of your conception to birth to postpartum, you have genuinely integrated that concept and just accepted it. And, you know, you are an example, like so many women, thankfully, in, in our community, you really are a shining light of somebody who just said yes. And, and in saying yes, you were able to generate a powerful and beautiful experience. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just like, you know, um, part of why I feel like what I feel like are, or at least my um, purposes or whatever you want to say, why I came to earth again or whatever, like whatever it may be. um, I just really deeply feel like um, being embodied, being a human, being here is like, uh, maybe cliche, but heaven on earth, like where we come or where I'm able to have these feelings, whether they're sad or happy or grieving or ecstatic or whatever it is, um, the, like, just how incredible that is to be able to experience feeling. Um, Mm. and I, you know, really try to not try, I do, um, just uh live life that way mm-hmm. um, embracing just embracing the and the everything <laughs> really um and yeah and life's of course awesome you're living a happy life yeah exactly <laughs> beautiful yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it well thank you so much it's so beautiful yeah. and I love how perfect those photos are because it's just a little piece of that whole labor but it I think it, you know, it contextualizes it. Like it gives a little, a little touchstone for what that must have looked like. And I do wish we had a picture of you roaring. I can totally. <laughs> me too. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But Shay was busy holding my butthole for me. That's hey. why that, that's why that picture is hey, not taken. <laughs> that's fucking birth right there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you.
that's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.